short tea times, global warming, and board games, all on today's episode of the Booterverse. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 39 of the Booterverse. On today's episode, we have board game creator Corey Young with us, and we couldn't be happier. Judy Scheinbaum answers his questions, and of course we have some Booter thoughts for you, all on today's episode of the Booterverse. Booter. Today's episode of the Booterverse is brought to you by Handkerchiefs. Handkerchiefs. Why blow your nose just once when you can blow it multiple times and keep it in your pocket? Booter. And now for news in my orbit. Scientists have just discovered a new species of dinosaur, and they've got a shocking theory to go along with it. The dinosaur in question is a cousin of the fearsome T-Rex, who shares both its muscularity and puny withered arms. But the Chiliosaurus's teeth make it clear that it ate a strictly plant-based diet. And based on dates for the fossil in question, paleontologists believe the vegan dinosaur came first. Which one researcher said can lead to only one conclusion. Vegan diets will cause your arms to shrivel up. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but you've got to expect it could happen one day, she said. That's evolution in action. If all I ate was rabbit food, I'd be running scared. She goes on to say that the T-Rex probably became carnivorous as a way to try to grow back its arms. Heck, I would, the scientist quipped. So what would science recommend besides adding a generous serving of bacon to your every meal? Maybe you should stock up on some of those telescoping pinchers people use to pick up dog waste. And if you're too late in changing your diet, you might need them just to tie your shoes or raise your cup of kombucha to your lips. The possibility of preventing untold legions of vegans from suffering debilitating arm atrophy already is attracting Nobel Prize buzz. This is bigger than x-rays or polio. Think of the millions of arms that could be saved, one insider raved. There's no word yet on what the fossil record may one day be able to tell us about gluten-free diets. But it should be noted that some individuals have already started noticing a shrinking of their testicles. Turning to political news, in their first official position on the matter, the U.S. Senate has voted 50 to 49 that climate change is not caused by humans. This is not to say, however, that they are in agreement on what is causing global warming. James Inhofe, chairman of the Environmental Committee, says that's the next item on the agenda. And suggestions are already being taken from the floor. In a brief post-vote brainstorming session, Inhofe put the question to both sides of the aisle. Dick Durbin was seen furiously googling on his phone before shouting out giraffes. Barbara Boxer seemed confident as she reclined in her seat with arms crossed. Oregonians, she said, or whoever is stealing our water. Rand Paul cast his vote for the Wisconsin basketball team, and Lindsey Graham seems sure it's everyone who thinks he's gay. Other suggestions included, predictably, the Tea Party, the IRS, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, Chelsea Clinton, Ludacris, and Katz. Jeff Sessions had to be hauled bodily from the chambers, foaming at the mouth and screaming, Aliens! 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 It's the aliens! The days and weeks to come will no doubt see this history-making dialogue continue, and Majority Leader Mitch McConnell hopes to have a definite answer by the Labor Day recess. With the election year coming up, this has to be a top priority, he said. 
if it's going to get so warm that we'll have to think of allowing bikinis at the inaugural ball one day, well, I think we all need some time to prepare for that. In golfing news, a survey commissioned by golf's governing body has found that, at least for the 25 to 44-year-old set, the game simply takes too long. The RNA, based in St. Andrews, Scotland, received responses from 56,000 golfers in 122 countries about their experience of playing a typical 18-hole round of golf, which lasts at least between three and four hours. Nearly a quarter of those younger respondents said that a game would have to take an hour and a half or less for them to play more often. It's nothing against the game, one 30-year-old said, but I could get in some serious binge-watching in the time it takes to play 18. Golf's just not compatible with my TV needs anymore. Etsy was another frequently cited barrier to golf play, with nearly 4% of younger golfers finding that cranking out goods for their online shops took too much time away from their game. Board games, organic farming, and sleep rounded out the top five reasons the sport is losing younger adherents. A spokesman from St. Andrews acknowledged that this is perhaps golf's darkest hour, and that the sport has to change or face the possibility of dying out. To that end, the powers that be are scrambling to come up with convenient ways for players to fit in the game within their busy lives. And once upon a time, making the sport more appealing might have meant just sexing it up, but now it has to be sexy and short. One proposal is to make the official game a three-holer. We think advertising it as such may have a very real appeal to certain adherents of the sport, officials say. You're in, you're out. And for the ladies, St. Andrews is considering approaching actor Peter Dinklage to be the official face of golf. It doesn't get any hotter or shorter than that. And that's been it for News in My Orbit. Buddha. Today's episode of the Buddhaverse is brought to you by Weed Eaters. Weed Eaters. No, I'm not talking about the residents of Colorado. It's now the time in the show where our favorite advice columnist gets on the air and answers our guests' questions. Judy Scheinbaum, you're on the air. Oh, thank you, Emery. It's so good to be here. Corey Young, hello, sir. You are a devil in disguise. I love that plaid. I hear you have some questions for me. Go ahead. All right. I find myself uh, sitting at a lot of tables with a lot of gamers, and not all of them are that familiar with soap. Um, how can I bring up the subject without um, just offending them. Well, sweetie, first of all, it's nice that you're not sitting at a table by yourself because yours truly has been stood up a time or two and I will tell you it's not anything nice. <laughs> now, getting somebody to the shower can be a little bit of a task, but let me tell you, if you send a pretty woman and you let her maybe let them know that they kind of don't smell nice, perhaps that will help if you need me to come by because I know, look at this hair, mm, people <laughs> love it. I could, you know, sway them toward the bathroom, a shower, and maybe some soap. Good, good. So you're available for that type of thing? Sweetie, I'm available for just about anything you'd like. <laughs> Very good. Um, what about cats? Uh, because it seems to be the, the, the close correlation between cat ownership and, and this, this, this situation. Well, you know, I mean, if you clean out the litter box regularly, I mean, the cat stench shouldn't be bad. For me, it's the fur. You know, I haven't worn fur since the 70s, and, you know, I have some issues with it. I don't, I don't uh, you know, agree with everything PETA does, but, you know, I mean, I try not to wear my furs out in public. At home, though, you know, that's a different story. Cat furs. 
Listen, whatever cat you can find, I have a lovely leopard print coat, and, um, you know, it was donated to me by Zsa Zsa Gabor before she, you know, God rest her, and, um, you know, it's it's a keepsake for me. That's, that's, I've seen leopard print, but never actual, like, leopard cat-like. I wear it like Chitara in Thundercats. I think you get the reference. Rever- yeah, mm. okay, I could see that going. And I'm going. just svelte. I know people look at the Moo and say, Judy, what do you have going on under there? But I will tell you, I am a person who is happy with my weight and size. <laughs> Maybe we should look for larger animals. <laughs> you know, that was funny. Someone did suggest that once, and I said, listen, no, I'm a thin, trim woman. I don't need anything too much. Sometimes I... A rhinoceros uh, skin was, you know, somebody tried to give that to me once, and I said, "Listen, sweetie, I don't, you know, I don't do gray." Yeah, and and when with that, you'd run the risk of being mistaken for for what? Um, I, I have another question. <laughs> Perhaps that would be a better. Oh, okay. You have another, another question. question. <laughs> Unrelated question. Okay. Yes. Shoot. Okay. Um, kids. Yes. Yes. Um. I don't have trouble with my own kids, but sometimes other people bring kids to the table, you know, to play games, and they're all over the place. Uh, what's the best way to to ask kids to 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 ask parents to get kids to rein them in? Oh, you want to rein a child in? You should talk about my daughter Eliza. I mean, I've been trying to get this woman married for decades, and she still won't. I mean, it's like are men the plague? No, I don't. You know, maybe she has them up a lip here, but I tell her go near that. Not near it, but near it. And, uh, you know, for you, getting children to leave the table, I think what you should do is just yell at them. That's what I did with Eliza. She turned out fine. Okay, sweetie, we've got a chance for one more question. Shoot. Nair. Okay. Uh, last I read, and I, I do spend a lot of time playing with Nair, um, they, there's a you, pretty... you play with your own Nair? Nobody else will let me. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> uh, isn't there an explicit warning not to put it anywhere near your face? Sweetie, warnings are for the faint of heart. If I, listen, if I followed every warning I read, I wouldn't blow my hair dry in the shower, which is obviously easier for me. Uh, it gets rid of the humidity. Uh, I wouldn't iron when I was doing other things. You know, I wouldn't leave the coffee pot on all day. And you know, that's what gives it that rich, robust flavor. So, I mean, warnings are just for people who just shouldn't be alive. You know, if you're not willing to take risks, what are you doing? You know? It's Darwin. It's Darwin. That's right. And I am, look at me, at the height of the evolutionary food chain, I think people know. Well, sweetie, it has been so great to have you on. We'll be right back right after this, and I love you all. I, it's Glenn McDougall here for Gunpowder. That's right, Gunpowder. It's about as explosive as my old Aunt Mary's cup of tea. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Booterverse. This is the third in our series from the Lexicon Gaming Convention. I am sitting here with Corey Young. Corey, it's great to have you. Oh, nice to be here. I really oh. appreciate it, Amory. Mm. That's so sweet. You're a sweet man. In just the time we've spent together, I know that's true. <laughs> you laugh. Little, the hug was a little too much. It <laughs> might have been. It might have been, but you know what? Affection comes in all shapes and sizes. <laughs> Speaking of all shapes and sizes, you are best known for your first game, Gravwell, Escape from the Ninth Dimension. Why not Escape from the Tenth? Not my choice. We tried to go for the Tenth, and it was already taken. Seriously? No. 
I didn't I actually know how had, many dimensions the, there were. It, it's funny. We ta- I take actually quite a bit of grief about the about that, and of all the things I contributed to the game, that subtitle wasn't part of it. Um, and uh, but there's actually a, a running <laughs> gag. There's a, a running gag in uh, board game design about colon colon titles, titles with colons in them. And um, a good friend of mine, T.C. Petty, he actually has a game that has two colons in it. He, he, it's um, Viva Java Dice, the you know the coffee game, the dice game. Uh, it's two two colons. the coffee game, the dice, dice game. game. That's right. That's right. As if one subtitle wasn't descriptive enough. I let's do two. I love the pretense of it. Yeah, yeah. So why nine dimensions though? I mean, are there actually nine dimensions out there? Where did you come? Where did you come up with it? I'm a little fuzzy on my string theory. Uh, they were supposed to be more than 20 dimensions, from what I understood. Mm. Uh, actually, well, again, I wasn't consulted on this. But, uh, yeah, 27 dimensions, something of that sort. In so, reality, 27 that we know of. The math says that, yes. The there's math no evi- says it. There's no evidence. So Stephen Hawking says that is basically what's happening. Stephen Hawking mocks it. <gasps> he mocks it. Yes, yeah. Sorry, we're diving deep in the physics. <laughs> we can dive deep into whatever you want, yeah, Corey. No, this not, is a so this is a time for you to share. Yeah. No, not so much. I came up with the Gravwell name. I did come up with that, but the ninth dimension stuff was uh, that was a marketing decision. Yeah. Did it help with the marketing? Uh, it got buzz. It got talk because everybody's asking, "Well, why nine? Uh, <laughs> As, as one would ask. For example, because, yeah. Because, you know, like if Hawking is mocking 27, <laughs> yes, if what? Madeline Lengel's saying that time is fourth, you know, like, what's happening? Yes, exactly. People just don't know. We just don't know yet, do no. we? But we wouldn't be having this conversation had they not tacked on that ninth dimension stuff. So, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's been it's worked out well. So. Basically, it was so it's like a conversation starter. It's like, hey, when you go out on a date, here are some things you can talk about. The ninth dimension might be one of them. That's right. That's right. And it also has given me a little bit of license with the um, physics nerds and the um, the chemistry geeks because the game has some elements in it and a few of the elements we made up and they're saying these elements aren't in my universe well no but you find them readily in the ninth dimension so so this is a wonderful place where fiction mm-hmm. meets fantasy meets science have the geeks revolted <laughs> I, I did of anything i get the more most abuse about the chemical names uh the fact that the, the cards have chemicals on them and two of the chemicals were not real actually in the original publishing i don't know how interesting this is but in the original publication of it um there were three fake elements. Um, the W, the infamous W. That's right, America. They made an yeah. element out of me. I yeah, like it. <laughs> it's so good. Sitting out here in Dallas, Dallas and I'm was saying, yes. almost as popular as he was. Almost. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because there is a perfectly good element out there called tungsten, mm. whose chemical symbol is W. And they didn't do it because they thought it would cause confusion. Um, right, because so many people know that tungsten is, in fact represented by a w not so much is that not common knowledge out well there in the real world in my real world yeah i knew it in my prototype it had a w the w was tungsten in my prototype but in the first publication of it they um they did that and then um we changed publishers about a year ago and um we can have a discussion about that but we changed publishers and the, the publisher went with tungsten uh so much to my delight but we still have two elements in there that were made up but that was because there are no elements that begin with q and there are no elements that begin with j why do they not like q and j 
And by they, I mean the scientific community. I know. Has it been Plutoed? They Is that what's happening? And, and some of the names that they have for elements are just so absurd. Uh, you know, they, they, well, like Krypton. For example. Yes, right? come it, on. <laughs> Seriously. Like, where would yeah. you ever see that? <laughs> well, there was a place. They just made it up. Yeah. <laughs> out of thin air. Actually, a good friend of mine was just asking recently, are they... Where are the homeless superheroes? Are there any homeless superheroes that are mm. homeless? And I said, well, Superman. And, and the, I mean, too soon? Crypto, yeah, if we've only go- been dealing this for about, you know, 50, 60 years. <laughs> well, no, I mean, Krypton's gone. Right? Well, so his in, home planet. But not in our hearts. Is, no, no. Right. <laughs> Long live. Indeed. So, Do you like green crystals? Oh, okay. That took me a moment. Um, <laughs> I'm actually, see what I, I'm, see, what yeah, I did see, there? Yeah, I see what you did there. I'm colorblind, so I never really picked up on the fact that they're green. <laughs> so just just no now? Fooling. No this fool- is, is, is this, this a reality It for is you? a reality for me that Krypton is green. Yes, yes. It, it never... I don't think they've ever discussed it. It's just, it's kryptonite. I guess I guess I did know that there is red kryptonite, but I didn't realize that the other stuff wasn't... I didn't know what color it so was. So this is a, revolu- a revolution. You just rocked re- my world. I, wow. Wow. This is, this, wow. Let's just take it. I'm just, I'm taking a deep, yeah. Okay, so we've moved from Tungsten, Krypton. What color is unobtainium? Yeah, I don't know. Can't, I can never get it. See what the thing. See what I did there. Yeah, I did with the, yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) There are two geeks out there laughing at that right now. That's deep. Uh. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna need a minute. Yeah, no, no, that's okay. I'll, I'll be over here. <laughs> mm. So, with all these elements, what are the elements of the game? How is it made up? How do you play it? What do you do with it? Sure. Uh, I designed it as a filler, as a, a beer and pretzel game, something you can play while you're waiting for other people to show up. Um, and it, 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 it serves well for that. It does. It, it plays in about 20 minutes to half an hour, and it plays two to four players right now. So like most of my relationships. Two to four players? Depends. You have my respect. Well, thank you. Okay. Um, yeah. It is um, the object of the game. You start in the center of the board in this, uh, a spiral-shaped board. It's basically just a racing game. Um, I never thought of it as a racing game while I was developing it, but people call, call it a racing game. And you're trying to escape. You're escaping the ninth dimension, right? Um, Which is what? The, what is the ninth dimension? We're yes. back to that again. I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I haven't I guess figured I it out yet. The, yeah, did I evade the you, question? You didn't yeah. tell us what the ninth di- is. Can you tell us or do we have to buy the game? Yes. That's, let's go with that. That's, oh, that's what that, yes. The ninth dimension only known to those who buy the game. And apparently <laughs> Stephen Hawking, point. who will yes. mock you anyway. Yep. A, a problem I have with renowned physicists always making fun of my work. How is it played? Uh, on your turn, you're trying to move your ship ahead. The problem is your engines don't work, but your tractor beams do. So you move forward by drawing yourself toward the other ships. The thing is, they're doing the same thing at the same time. And if they move before you move, well, maybe they'll end up moving behind you. And then you get drawn backward with them. So it's the ships are tied to each other by gravity. That's the whole idea, grab well. Uh, grab well is short for gravitational well. Um, the it's always based on the proximity to the other ships. So you're moving slowly forward, um, but you're tied to the other ships. You can't get out alone. Now, so. is this what you mean when you call yourself a mechanics first designer? 
Hmm, yeah. Um, the In game design, some people work with a theme. Uh, this is going to be a game. I want to make a game about zombies. I want to make a game about uh, hospitals. Whatever. Zombies are hot right now. The, actually, I thought they were never hot. Uh, but yeah, oh, I see. I see what you <laughs> see, did with the yeah. I mean, they're hot with <laughs> they the are. living. For, yeah, the living are hot for them. It is very much so. And I have tried, believe me, I've tried to get my head around. Okay, you want a game about this? Well, let's see if I can build that. And it just doesn't just doesn't happen. It just it doesn't click with me. Um, I am more interested in how the game plays and what are the decisions I'm making. What you know, what choices do I have? Where's the fun? What's the fun in this? And if the fun is only in the theme, it's not going to last very long. You know, if the question is what makes a good game, Hmm. there are lots of different kinds of games, and people have different preferences as to what those games are. Very much. If you enjoy a casual game, Mm -hmm. and that meets those criteria, then it's a good or great casual game. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Um, You can't use the same yardstick. You know, do you want to compare... Um, you know, a steak from Morton's with McDonald's. Well, you can, um, but I won't. That okay, well, but that doesn't make McDonald's bad per se. It's not a fair yardstick. I mean, I, I I don't try to hold any game that I'm going to design up against the really complex, meaty games that take three to five hours to play. I'm I don't have the mind for that. I don't have you know what it takes to get my head around all of the mechanisms that you need for that. But for something quick that you can sit down, teach somebody in five minutes, and enjoy in half an hour, I that's where I like to to play. Do you find that most gamers are looking for what you're doing, like serious gamers, or do you find that your gaming has a lot of a has a broader audience? Right, and in the in the in the field, they'd call that mass market games. Indeed, they would. Yeah, yeah. like um, you'd find at Target and uh, Walmart and places like that. Uh, very broad appeal, um, and. Gravwell, we've talked about it. It's it's on the cusp there. It it could break into those markets, um, and not every game I want to design is going to be there. Um, but yeah, if you talk to the tabletop gamers that we're going to find, you know, you'll find around here at Lexicon, um, a lot of them, I think they, most people are not disparaging of of Gravwell, but it isn't their cup of tea. Um, it, they want something heavy. They want something to sit down and, and really chew on for you know three or four hours. I'm not suggesting that you replace those games. I'm suggesting I've got something for you to do for 15, 20 minutes while you're waiting for other players to show up, right? And it's a satisfying game. It's not a completely random game. It's going to take some thinking, um, and there'll be a lot of profanity uh, oh at, my. at each other you know it's not on the cards it's it's that you did this to me and it isn't there's no way to directly influence somebody else in the game there's no way to directly try to mess somebody up um but their decisions will mess you up uh, mm. unintentionally yeah now Corey, at this time in the show we always like to offer our guests the opportunity to share with the audience anything they wish a carte blanche the mic is open to you sir I'm colorblind. We've established that. I have another weird thing going on. Um, there's a condition called synesthesia. If, oh, okay. We're familiar with synesthesia. Um, I didn't realize that I had this thing. It's not a like an illness or anything like that. It's just a different wiring of the brain. It's a cross circuitry in the brain. And in my case, which is most of the people who have it have something similar to me, um, when I see letters, I and numbers and shapes. I strongly associate colors with those. 
to the point where all of my A's, R's, M's are red. They always will be. Um, whereas B's and um, 7's are always bright yellow. Uh, in my mind, I know intellectually and my senses tell me, yes, that's, you know, black ink on a white paper. But also in the back of my head, it's registering that there's a color there. And I didn't realize I w how strange that was until I was 11 or 12 and I asked my brother what color D's are because I didn't really have a color. D's don't jump out at me. And he, he there, whatever color is on the page, you know, what, what do you mean? It didn't mean anything to him. And I said, you know, like M's are red and, you know, and just kind of rattled through some of the things. So it's the most intuitive thing in the world. It's obvious that, you know, T's are yellow. They're, that that's duh they, they just are and it didn't it, he's looked at me kind of the way you're looking at me right now <laughs> no i i'm i know i'm listening to you tell this story yeah, this is yeah. no this not it wasn't a look of, yeah. of repulsion it was a look of just are you I, kidding I, I'm, me? Yeah. You've, you've captivated me yeah. no it's captivated yeah. look yeah oh, this is me captivated okay a lot of people good. have never seen that look well, well i mean I, unless i'm looking in the mirror of course and then, yeah, then it's, there you have yeah. it yeah and i get that yeah I, I do get that yeah so yeah very strange right? how and, can we raise awareness well, doing that right now. That's why I'm here. Yeah, That's so what we're doing I right bring now. this up every chance I get. No, it's it doesn't come up too often. But it's it. Do, what difference does it make? Very little. Um, there's some indication that there's some relative, well, it's pretty well known there's some relatively famous people who um, had this, this condition, um, Walt Disney, not least of which. Um, it, the, f the segment in Fantasia with the floating colors and so on, dancing along with the music, was his attempt to bring that, in. He, he experienced music as color. Um, so again, it's a crossing of the senses. Uh, so there are people who smell names. Uh, certain names smell like licorice and things like that. It's uh, just, it's, you know, imagine just crossing up any two senses. Um, but mine's, as it goes, mine's relatively minor. Um, it's no, no big deal. It's certainly, I wouldn't call it a handicap in any way. Um, but it's an interesting little fluke. Um, and I, it's funny everybody who experiences also says it doesn't bother me and I wouldn't I wouldn't have it shut off if you could um, it's just kind of bonus world what color are E's E's are blue and what about B's yellow interesting mm -hmm. hmm. yeah it actually helps me remember phone numbers because I, I remember no no that's not right because it wasn't green enough you know or, or whatever yeah yeah. Wow. I know weird, right? <laughs> no, I mean, fascinating. Not weird. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. Well, my friend, it has been so good to have you on the show. Mm -hmm. Thank you so, so much. And, you know, if you ever want to pass on any brass, you know, five pound die, let me know. <laughs> I will. You'll be, you'll be the first to get it. Yeah. Watch your, watch your mailbox. Well, we'll be right back right after this. Buddha. Today's episode of the Buddhaverse is brought to you by Lettuce. Lettuce. It's just a nicer, gentler kind of cabbage. Buddha. And now for Buddha thoughts. It's completely acceptable for an adult to have stuffed animals. It is. Sure, you don't want to be 30 and have them all lined up on your bed, but if you're a 30-year-old female and or male and you want to have a stuffed animal, I'm not going to judge you. Why? Because stuffed animals are the way of the future. 
actually just stuffing things is the way of the future. I think the new vocational wave is going to be taxidermy. Why? Because not only are you going to want your real pets stuffed, but also aren't you going to want a stuffed loved ones? I mean, don't you want grandma standing in the corner just looking all lifelike like she used to when you can absolutely have that opportunity? Taxidermy is the way to go, and what better way to start than by stuffing your own animals? That's right. Do I have a picture of good old Rufus? No, I don't. I have the real deal. He's stuffed in the corner. So if you need a new career trend and nursing's not good enough and other healthcare options just don't seem to fit the bill, try taxidermy. Because who wouldn't want to take stuffing an animal, or a loved one, to a whole new level? And that's been it for today's Booter Thought. Here at the Booterverse, we'd like to send a special thanks to Corey Young for being on the show. We'd also like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. Of course, we'd like to thank Courtney and Sonny, who help on the production side, and to Quadrants, who composed our theme song. If you haven't had enough of me here, I'm also everywhere on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the handle The Booter. And of course, we're also on Pinterest, because, you know, men should be on Pinterest? I know interstellar travel is a bit difficult, but the Booterverse is only a click away.